Hey, Broadway Christian Church. I hope you're doing well today. I'm here with uh, Sims and Luke. And uh, today on The Pilot's Voice, we wanted to talk a little bit about our, our Sunday morning gatherings. And, uh, you know, we right now are, are gathering each Sunday uh, via live stream. And so most of you are, are in your homes, either sitting in front of a computer or sitting in front of your television. And uh, this past week, I ha had a couple thoughts. Um, on Sunday, uh, Luke, at one point, as we were singing, he, ha he asked everyone to stand up and, you know, acknowledge that that might be a little bit strange or awkward. But, um, you know, that got me thinking about the Sunday morning when I, uh, when some, some of my family members were sick and we stayed home on the Sunday morning and watched live stream and just thinking about the way it felt like, you know, sitting in the same place where I, I watch television shows and Netflix. And uh, I was glad that Luke led us to do that. Um, and so wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, preparing us to, um, to worship the Lord in a way that honors him and in a way that focuses our attention better than maybe we have the last few weeks. This is a whole new thing for all of us. And we need to recognize that uh, we are uh, we are gathering for worship in the same place and watching the screen that we're used to just kind of receiving information and being passive. And uh, at Broadway for us, our worship gatherings, we place a high priority on everyone being engaged and not being passive. And so we just wanted to talk today about getting some ideas in your head about ways that you can prepare yourself, your heart, your mind, uh, prepare the, the room even that you're in uh, to, to engage and to worship the Lord. And so, uh, Luke, I'd just like to start with you. Can you talk a little bit about uh, postures of worship? And you, know, you asked us to stand on that, that Sunday to sing. Um, can you just talk a little bit about postures of worship and what that, what that means and how that helps us? Yeah, um, so I, I'm not an expert on this by by any by any stretch of the imagination, but we do have um, access to the Bible, and then we have access to uh, one another and, and history, and then what what works experientially for us, um, and and what I see in Scripture and what I've experienced as well is that when I when I'm feeling something or something's going on inside of me. Um, Things happen to my body. Even even sickness um, can sometimes, if if I'm if I'm stressed out about something, it's just the way that I'm thinking can actually affect the way my stomach works. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it works it works the same way in, in worship, in that the way that I think about things is going to impact my body. Um, so a, a real easy example, uh, another kind of common example would be. If I were to uh, be in a, uh, you know, because I was in a romantic relationship with Emily, uh, if someone, before we got married, if someone were to see me get down on one knee and do this, they wouldn't have to hear anything that I was saying. They would know what's going on is that I'm, I'm uh, proposing to her. And um, so there, there are lots of instances and examples that Scripture gives us for appropriate ways to 
uh, engage with our bodies, but I think it's really, uh, it shows something about the posture of our heart. Um, we can talk about how th there's been a disconnect between some of those things uh, over the years, maybe culturally and that sort of thing. Um, but I think that it is biblical for us to respond um, outwardly and bodily um, with worship. And so there, there are a few words that we can kind of see. Um, one, it, the, the word shakad uh, in, in the Hebrew um, means to worship, but it literally means, it's translated as worship, it literally means to bow down. Um, so the word that we have for worship is already a, a statement of what we should be doing with our bodies. Um, and that's, uh, you can look up Psalm 95, verse 6, and you can see it there. Uh, there's another Hebrew word, yada, um, that you can see uh, means uh, the lifting up the hands. So um, Psalm 141, verse 2, 143, um, verse 6, and then uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 8 as well. So it carries over into the New Testament, so it's not just an Old Testament thing that we don't have to do that kind of stuff anymore. Um, and then uh, there's the Greek word proskuneo um, that uh, literally means to, to kiss towards. Mm. Um, and so it's just showing this, this very severe intimacy um, that we have with the Lord. Um, there, there are other expressions as well through the Psalms, um, clapping our hands. Um, one, one thing that I was doing um, just this morning was just kind of going through uh, some of the Psalms and looking at some of the action words between the psalmist and God. And there are lots, there are lots of things uh, to, to give thanks, to, to clap hands, to lift hands. Uh, one that was kind of unexpected for me and um, pretty foreign to our culture, I think, when we think of worship is the word tremble. Um, but I think it's a good and appropriate. And so if we're, if we're trying to gauge whether or not our worship is biblical, mm -hmm. we can go to the Bible and see these things and see, does, does the way that I'm worshiping, does it line up um, proportionally to what the Bible is saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, it's really helpful as we think about, usually on Sunday mornings, you know, we come and we gather and um, sometimes we stand, sometimes you can kneel, people can, can raise their hands. That feels a little strange when we're either, you know, by ourselves at our house or with, you know, our, our family, four or five people. Um, but I think one of the things that I've been thinking about is this gathering together in this way looks like it's going to be a, something we're going to be doing for months rather than maybe just a few weeks. And so I think because of that, um, thinking about the things that, that Luke said and, and thinking about how we're gathering and um, whether we're just going to kind of lay back on our couch or whether we're going to stand or be prepared to kneel or to, to lift up our hands, we'd like for you to begin thinking about that uh, and the way that your worship will work, look like with your body as a way to express your worship to God. Um, since. Can I say? Before yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. Yesterday, I got an opportunity to um, to meet up, uh, do another Zoom thing. I know a lot of a lot of us are like, you know, zoomed out, but I got to do a Zoom thing with uh, with some local worship leaders. There was I don't know, um, 
20 or 30 of us <clears throat> on this Zoom call. And, uh, and, and one of the worship leaders led us in a, a few songs. And it was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hard for me to engage over the screen. And uh, especially because like it was being, it was being recorded and they could see my face. And, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I feel like the way that we're doing things at Broadway, there's a certain level of um, secrecy to what, to what I'm doing. So that if you want to, you know, try out dancing in your living room by yourself, you have more freedom than what I had yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I did find that, I did find that when I turned away from the screen mm. and when I began to lift my hands, it was like muscle memory. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in sports, like, you know, Drew Brees, you know, I'm a Saints fan. Sorry, everybody. But like, you know, the, the guy throws and he, he's more accurate at throwing the football than an Olympic archer. And it's, it's not something that he has to think about. It's muscle memory. And so when he, when he puts the ball in his hand and he steps back and he gets to that three-step drop and he fires, it, it's all the mechanics have been there for thousands and thousands of repetitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he has that feeling, it just happens naturally. And I think it's similar for me. And, and, and at least some extent, it was a lot easier for me to press in as soon as I kind of turned my head in, in a certain direction and I started to lift my hands and get in a posture. It, rem- it clicked something in my mind mm-hmm. that connecting with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, good. That's very cool, Luke. Um, just thinking about um, the postures that you're speaking about, I think um, usually uh, one of my go-to scriptures um, with uh, with that in the New Testament is Paul when he speaks to Timothy, First Timothy two eight. He says, "I desire that in every place, every man should pray, lifting up hands without anger or quarreling." It's a it's an expression of worship, lifting up our hands, and in that in that sense, uh, one writer says that it's good because then Paul understands that um, the posture outwardly expresses what is the reality inside. Mm-hmm. And um, that our bodies naturally act the way our hearts feel. When I'm excited, my body does not go. My body shows that excitement. When I'm sad, my body doesn't go. Yay! You know, <laughs> it's 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 an it's it's some that God built in us that what is inside us will show on the outside in expression. So and as well in those expressions, when we do those expressions, um, we. It might feel awkward sometimes because it, it might feel uncomfortable and uh, we might think, uh, I don't know if I, I really want to do this. I'm avoiding uh, the feeling of awkwardness. David said I would dance and be even more awkward, <laughs> you know, and be even more undignified before the Lord. His wife comes and says, hey, you are dancing in front of the servants. That's a disgrace, man. And he says, if it's before the Lord, I would dance and be even more undignified. So uh, it, sometimes it takes us to put our dignity, our self-consciousness mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. and just focus on what the Lord is doing in our hearts. He's worthy of that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that sometimes we think, oh, I'm at home. My kids are going to look at me and think it's funny. No, your kids are actually going to learn what it means to be even more undignified for the Lord. They will learn what the Lord means to you, what worship 
of God or praise means to you by seeing you express these things. Because those expressions are the expressions of what is inside. It's an indicator of our delight in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And our kids learn from that. Um, I was saying um, that my, my son and my daughter, they've learned certain things. They've learned that, um, for example, Henley, when she was a baby, I would drive together in the car a lot. And when we're driving out, blast out my worship music, I would lift my hands and, and all that, and you know, all that jazz, and I would sing loud to the Lord, I'll make a joyful noise. Um, and and, and in, that, in those moments, she would watch. And then she got to a stage by the age one, she knew when worship songs come up, she would lift her hands. Mm-hmm. And I see that happening as well with Nziga. It's something that they learn from their parents. It's not a sure, it's not putting up a sure, but it's for, they, they pick up those things. They pick up how important that is in a time of worship. Yeah. The opportunity for us to be modeling worship for our kids right now in our homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've talked some also together about, um, about place and about the importance of the the room that we're in and we we know that um, as as believers that god is with us in every place um but we uh, we also we go to different rooms to do different things as, as i've already said you know we the room that you are most likely gathering for worship is the room that you're usually you know, watching a movie and, you know, eating popcorn and, and that sort of thing. And so I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about preparing the place where we are to better direct our attention. I think we have to resist. There, there's going to be, have to be some resisting of that kind of inertia towards passivity and to observing something happening because that's where we always go <laughs> to, to do the movie watching or watching the show or whatever. And so if that's where we're gathering to worship with God's people, I think we need to think intentionally about how to prepare that place for uh, focus on on the Lord, rather than focus on you know whatever we usually watch in that space. So, since you you, you talked uh, you were talking with us a little bit about um, at the, in the the village that you live near uh, when you were in South Africa and the way that people would prepare a place for worship, can you? Share a little bit about that growing up. Yeah, I mean, um, we would go, um, grew up and raised in the city, so I'm a, a full-born blonde city guy. Um, uh, yeah, one of those, yeah. But <laughs> having, um, we had a home as well in the village and would go to go visit grandparents and whatever. Every time we'd go to the village, um, you'd see there are places where uh, churches cannot afford to have a building. And so they would come around a tree or something and clear that area up. I mean, the ladies would work hard and the guys would work hard in trying to remove uh, the extra grass and whatever. And the ladies would make sure it's swept up. It would be like a swept out, nicely cleaned up area. Um, And sometimes they've got stones around to sit on. And that's what they have. And that area is an area for them that is sacred. It's an area for worship. For some of them, they get to a point where they get to that area before they get into the circle, they remove their shoes. It's a holy place for them. But but also for us as kids, when we would play, I remember as boys, boys would always be boys, you know, and being silly and, and doing stupid things. We'd go out, maybe going out, I remember days going out to hunt for, uh, to fish for frogs. 
so that we can open them up and see what's inside them. I know mm -hmm. that's mean, but that's what we used to do. And so we'd go to those places and go out in the bush, in the woods to find um, ponds where we can fish out frogs. And in the process, we'd, meet, we'd get to these places that have been cleaned up for people's church services with nobody telling us. We were kids and I mean, these are boys who can do anything. There's a nice pile of stones around and this place is cleaned up. We could just mess it up, but we wouldn't because we knew as soon as you got there that this is not a place to play at. Mm -hmm. This is a place of worship. Mm -hmm. And it changed, yeah, it was almost an automatic thing that, oh no, don't touch those stones. Don't take them out of the circle. Don't, you know, boys love to throw stones and kick things and climb trees. That tree, don't climb it because that's where the church meets. And we won't even know whose church it is or when they meet or whatever. But just that was a signal for us. The very thing that the place had been cleaned up and prepared. And there, were, there was this clean area with stones around and it's, it's been swept. We, were pre we would like not play at it. Yeah. And so I, I think there is that... Um, there's that element in having a place. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I think Luke yesterday, when we were chatting about this yesterday, Luke said something that was really cool for me. And I think he might want to maybe to elaborate on this, on that when God called Abraham, he gave him a place. That, that was really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to speak a little bit on that, Luke. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, my my journey with the Lord has gone, you know, uh, up and down and then back up again. And and so I've, I've done a lot of deconstructing. And, and then uh, so this idea of uh, the church is the people. It's not it's not the building, you know. And so um, I because in my reconstruction uh, reconstruction of uh, of of my faith, and trying and trying to sift through like what what really does matter, and then what has been something that has been just kind of cultural um, that we've just held on to for just stupid reasons or whatever, just because we've always done it that way or whatever. Like, but what is the Lord concerned with? And um, I in 2016 there was a flood and. In, in Louisiana, historic uh, thousand-year flood, and I was wondering. I was like, I don't even know if it's worth all the time and money and effort. You know, like the the church, they just met in houses, and you know, at the at the very beginning, you know, like they just went from house to house. Like, why are we spending all this money on building and all this stuff? Uh, and I, I asked, I asked the pastor, I was like, what do you, I mean, do you think it's worth it? And he just, he just looked at me and he was like, Luke, place matters. And he started, and I started to, just the way that he responded to me, I was like, it, it was just like so obvious for him um, that I started to go back and look. And, uh, and I believe it was, he, he was the one who told me about, you know, that God gave Abraham a place. And um, so yeah, having having a place. I mean, they're still fighting over over Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because they understand this, they understand that place matters. When I go to North Carolina, I go up to the Billy Graham Retreat Center, uh, the Cove up there. Um, I know that people have been praying there. 
it's like I, I, I almost feel like I would be able to feel that even if it wasn't associated with Billy Graham. Just walking in the woods and going up the mountain there, it's just like there's this peace. And I know that there's been awesome uh, meetings with the Lord in that in that particular place because it's been set aside for worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah ho- holy means set aside or set apart, you know? And I, I think that that's... It's it's not that um, it's not about a building or a cathedral or a cleared space outside of a village in Africa where they can't build a building, but it's it's human beings acknowledging that we are coming into the presence of God, mm-hmm. and because of that, we need to 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 help create, build, carve out a space where we can do that so that we will not be distracted by the things around us and that this will be for that place. And so, um, so as we think about gathering together virtually on Sunday mornings, be considering ways that you can do that for yourself or for your family, that whether you're uh, in your dining room, looking at your laptop computer, that, that maybe you could, you could clear off that dining room table and you know, put, a, put a tablecloth down and put your Bible on top of it and maybe even have a candle there and, 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 and light a candle to, to remind us of the presence of God in that Do place. you have a color for the table, table for the tablecloth that we should use? It can be whatever <laughs> color you want, but just, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no wrinkles or spots on it or any kind of stains or anything like that. No, whatever. That's what I was waiting for, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some place, you know, or if, it, or if it's a coffee table in your living room, that you, know, you clear that space off and, and have you know, each of your kids bring their Bibles and put them there on the coffee table and open them up to the, the passage of scripture that we're going to be studying that day. Something that reminds you that you're not watching Netflix today. Here. You are, you're here to gather together with God's people to worship the Lord. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, one thing that I, I thought of while you were talking is uh, there are places where we'd go to back home there, were, there was a mountain that we named it mountain of faith, mountain of prayer, because we went up that mountain to pray a lot of times overnight, like to do all, all my prayers on the mountain hill. And um, and some people used that mountain. It, it was a free, kind of like a public space. So people could go to a mountain and do whatever. But when we came to worship, it was our space of, of prayer and worship we made it a, a sacred space, although it was used sometimes for other things, mm-hmm. which is the same thing with our living rooms. Mm-hmm. Although they are used sometimes for other things, but at that moment, that's our sacred place to meet God and we prepared it. When we get up the mountain, if we find that some people had been, uh, some maybe youth uh, had had a party there or whatever, we never found that. But let's say if we found that, I'm sure would have cleaned up the bottles first before we get to pray mm-hmm. and make sure that our place is nice and well prepared for us to look at it as a set apart as a holy place. I think what you're saying to uh, Ryan, like, like the key there is, is our, is our intention about mm-hmm. the place and our intention about the posture. Mm-hmm. The, the heart is really where, where it's at out of the overflow of the heart, like what Sims was saying, out of the overflow of the heart, you know, if something awesome happens in some game, I don't have to just be like, 
oh, I should raise my hands and shout. You know, like it's just going to happen out of the overflow of my heart. Um, what I believe and what I think, I'm going to do these things. And out of the overflow of, of my heart, I, I want this space to be set aside, just to be set apart. And so I, I do certain things to help my mind um, and this space match up with my intention of my heart. Yeah. And I think it's going to work both directions. You know, I, I because my heart is prepared and wants to worship, I'm going to create the space and I'm going to make sure that I'm posturing my body to worship. And at the same time, if we create the space and if we allow ourselves, as you said earlier, to do the muscle memory thing and starting to worship in the way that we maybe usually do on Sunday mornings at Broadway, that that's going to actually also influence our heart and help us to focus better than we maybe that we have been. And as well, Ryan, another thing that I I would like to add, and then I'm I'm going to ask you to tell a story that you told us yesterday, which I thought was awesome. Um, You remember the story when um, Israel came back from, uh, uh, when they came back from uh, the captivity in, in the book of Haggai? God says to them, is this the time for you to live in your paneled homes and all that while my house lies in ruins? Mm-hmm. I think that scripture somewhere, somehow tells us that the place of worship, the order in the place of worship is important to God himself. Because he says to them, yeah, you're living in these palaces and it is nicely docked up places, but my house is in ruins. In my place is in ruins. And he, he complains about that. So I think the places will matters to God. Um, the, the, our attitude towards that place of worship does matter to God because the attitude towards the place of worship was like, oh, it's fine. We can worship God anyway. So they didn't really care about rebuilding or fixing up this temple that was in ruins. And God says to them, hey, you're living in your fancy houses and nice clean houses and you've forgotten about my house. Um, I know in the Bible tells us again that God said he does not live in, in buildings that are built by the hands of men. But this scripture here for me shows there is an importance in honoring him, in honoring a place that we've set apart for him. And I think in our houses we would have places that we've set apart for God. And we honor those places and those times together in honoring the place. Kind of like You said something yesterday about walking into a church i think with gloria or joy i don't remember oh yeah yeah that was really cool gloria was maybe five or six and we were went down to trinity english lutheran church which if you've been in there it's a beautiful sanctuary uh, big stone floor stone pillars uh you know stained glass windows really a beautiful space and uh, she and i had been talking normally outside in the foyer area and then we we walked into the sanctuary there's no one else there walked into their sanctuary and all of a sudden, without me saying anything, Gloria just started to whisper to me. Uh, she, there was something about the preparation of that space that she inherently knew um, was a place that she didn't play. Just like, you know, when you were going hunting for frogs, you knew that that space that had been prepared for that wasn't a space to, wasn't a space to play around in, that it was, it was set apart for something. So. Yeah, guys, well, well, thanks for these thoughts. Uh, again, um, we aren't uh, prescribing that you do A, B, C, and D. We wanted to get you to start thinking about the fact that we may be gathering in this way for a while. And if it's been difficult for you, uh, mm-hmm. that's not surprising to us. 
that uh, gathering in your living room or wherever it is where your, your TV is, um, this isn't normal. This isn't the way that we typically are called to gather to worship as God's people. And so we wanted you to begin thinking about ways that you can prepare your, prepare your heart, your mind, your body, and the place uh, to, to, to focus and to, and to worship the Lord. So uh, we hope that this has been helpful for you today to think about that um, as we uh, may perhaps settle into this reality for a while here. Um, we love you guys, and uh, we really um, hope that these Sunday mornings where we are gathered together virtually will be a time where we together um, uh, meet God and worship Him and praise Him. And uh, we hope this has been helpful for you as you think about what that looks like for you um, or for your family. God bless you all today, and peace to you, Broadway. Yep. God bless you. Bye. Bye.